0: folks, and welcome to Film Optimist, where we talk about all things film with a healthy dose of optimism. I'm your co-host, Seth Boyd.
1: I am Megan Tierney.
0: And we're coming back after a bit of a delay because the pandemic is still going. And case in case of point, I got COVID. So be careful out there, folks. Um, so making That's this okay. After... <laughs> yes, I'm okay now. And hopefully the time this airs, I will not have COVID and mm-hmm. we'll be enjoying public life again, but we'll see.
1: Thanks. Thanks to vaccines. <laughs> yes. And happy you're feeling good. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. It was uh, certainly through the worst of it. Um, so that making this actually the first time we've We've been able to do this in a little bit. We've been able to mm-hmm. connect. And we talked about one of uh, my favorite movies by one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. And someone who I think you're definitely familiar with, but maybe hadn't seen a full film from. I think just being a film person, you definitely, I imagine, had some expectations. So, if oh, I, yeah. We'd spoil it further. We watched *Mahone Drive <laughs> by David Lynch. Yes. And I am yep. so excited to hear what your thoughts, what you, I, I would love to know what you thought about it in general, but also what you kind of expected a Lynch movie to be, and sure. how this fulfilled that, or didn't?
1: Oh, it, well, you described my <laughs> relationship to it perfectly, said I'm pretty, uh, you got that right on, because um, I think, like, it's one of those directors and, like, filmic styles that mm-hmm. we're gonna talk heavily about, I'm sure, that if you're a any kind of film kid, any kind of, um, in a film class, I think there, it's gonna be discussed a little bit, and it certainly was for me in my even non-film minor. They still got in some lynchisms in there. We actually like, um, funnily enough, watched Twin Peaks. Oh, really? Okay, fantastic. Yeah. so a couple <laughs> episodes of, of Twin Peaks. And yeah, very similar um, similar style. And it was uh, very striking and has a distinct tone and feel that I, I did pick up on and is very, very like steady throughout this movie, I think. Um, yeah. But basically, that was my little um, take going into it. I I am pretty sure that Mulholland Drive is one of Lynch's like most popular movies, and yeah, I was, I was wondering for you, like especially as um, more of a fan than I am, an expert than <laughs> I am, how yeah. it is a representation of his filmic um, genre as a whole. If, sure, if absolutely. Is.
0: I for for I mean, I, I am certainly a fanboy here, so I can't. <laughs> deny that um love that i love i love all lynch movies I've, I've already come out with my confession of even loving lynch's dune so take mm-hmm. everything i say for grain of salt there folks but I um that. for as great as everything he has done my my big three for lynch um arm and drive twin peaks as a whole which is including nice. you know the, the third newer season and the movie mm-hmm. and blue velvet and for mm-hmm. for films um, Blue Velvet and The Drive are really neck and neck. They're both very, very Lynch. I they think they're both important to understand on a grander scale who Lynch is, and The Holland Drive um, kind of kicked off a new era of Lynch, which I'm arguably, you know, somewhat short-lived because he just did Inland Empire after that, and then quite a break between doing Twin Peaks season three, but had okay. a new you know there's some old faces in Mahole Drive that we're gonna get into, but there's kind of like Naomi Watts became like a, a new muse who's worked with again since then. And uh Blue Velvet has Kyle McLaughlin and Laura Dern, people who's worked with quite a bit, who are you know two of the most lynching actors <laughs> who are mm-hmm. parts of his um his regular crew, and it's it's small town oh. America and it's so it's it's some opposing things some similar things and everything that happens in blue velvet actually happens everything in the hole and drive is very much <laughs> up for debate as to what actually happens. we'll get to that yeah, yeah. In, a, in a moment but um both are still completely surreal and a very singular vision and that, that I think that's one of the things I really like about David Lynch is he's he's a true auteur and that he writes mm-hmm. he directs he does the sound design he does production wow. design um in all his movies he's literally you know He's building props. He's making sets. <laughs> He's oh, <wow. laughs> um, involved in heavily involved in the editing. Um, he usually picks his cast based off just the headshot and the conversation. There's not actually reading lines. <laughs> so oh. a very, um, and, and he is an artist in the most true sense of he literally you know was a painter. He went to mm. um, art school as a painter and ended up becoming a filmmaker through that. And he still paints very successfully and very prolifically. So wow. he has a very different um, very little artist approach to films mm-hmm. that you just aren't going to get from other people because they didn't go to art school to make art films <laughs> you yes. know, to make art in general they you know someone who's gone to um, afi went to a very different thing than he did right. <laughs> in the 70s right.
1: Hmm. wow he's every every film student's dream that sounds he really like is. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what what we wanted that's what me just, and you I, wanted in exactly our exactly. We, we were
0: definitely hoping to just get complete of control <laughs> you know um, painting,
1: painting exactly sets
0: painting like, sets oh. doing everything and mm-hmm. there's there famously a, a scene in um eraser head of a, a man is walking up to a room and then he enters the room and walking up to and then entering the room were shot two years apart because he ran out of money so that's also the other side of this coin <laughs> of the art student struggling artist i see
1: because he a was movie. a racerhead right
0: yeah racerhead is his first film
1: first uh, wow yeah okay. that was his very
0: first film and you know mm-hmm. kind of burst onto the scene with that but yeah go to to your comment about mahalen being one of his most famous mm-hmm. and i think most applauded mm-hmm. although it certainly has its critics a razorhead you know was huge critically and is a very very strange night. and I, I also love it but it's a even stranger movie than this arguably arguably not but um mm. he did have some I don't want to say fully career misses but um you could, definitely movies that I love but movies that were not as acclaimed you know, Blue Velvet is uh definitely a big critical hit Lost Highway I really like Not Everyone Does um seems Wild at Heart and then uh he did a oddly he did a disney movie he did uh um, <laughs> straight story which is a i think it's pretty g maybe pg but it's about a man visiting his brother on a tractor it's actually great and it doesn't seem wow. like be a Lynch movie but it really is check that out as well but and then he came back in really true form of everything you would expect and hope a lynch movie to be of a complete mindfuck <laughs> with the drive <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. okay
0: yeah. So that's, yeah that's that's a quick history
1: <laughs> that's a good history Um yeah. varied history uh, He's uh, definitely think, someone once
0: you get into you really get into at least in that yeah. experience you don't um mm-hmm. I, I don't know how a lot of people who like shoehorn or, or rather not shoehorn who um uh cherry pick lynch there's not a of people who like yeah. only like Twin Peaks or something you kind of want more the more you get
1: mm-hmm. I think that's a something I came into it knowing or feeling as well is that he mm-hmm. has a very distinct tone style, uh tourism, like you said, and that yeah, reigns, <laughs> that Disney one is throwing me for a loop, but um I think that reigns true for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for what I expected in Mulholland drive, what it kind of like, what I thought of the movie in general is like, okay, I kind of see it. And um from what I've heard of it, it, it all kind of rings true that, this is a guy who has a very distinct eye at least is yes. for sure what i can say mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> certainly yeah so you know with that mm-hmm. um that being said so what did what is your first impression I don't, I don't know how much you knew about this but it's uh there's a lot to know about this movie after having seen it this is a movie that sends people to to watch it again to look up the theories yeah. etc so w- what was your first thoughts
1: it felt very fun to watch like such a distinct movie i guess i think it was very um you're expecting i i I think so it's available on prime right now um actually sorry it's i rented in uh via prime and i i think the description of it says something like thriller what's this thriller gonna turn into or something like that so you're kind of (laughs) expecting you're given just this very cookie cutter box of filmic descriptions that this movie will just never fit into obviously I don't think (laughs) so it is a bit of a wild ride I I think that in a bit of prep for this episode I kind of got to thinking about avant-gardeism which I know that he's like that's a big buzzword for
0: um,
1: Lynch and I do think that the film follows it and pays very close homage to it very nicely Mm -hmm. and I think that it's actually kind of nice too. Like avant-gardism is a very extremely old uh, filmic technique that feels very modernized in mm-hmm. this version, and is a good like modern um, representation of it in in Hollywood, in you know the city where it all happens, kind of thing. Right. So you get this really weird, twisted, um, dreamlike version of everything going on, and that's been really fun. I think, especially in this age where we're getting kind of these uh, i i was like trying to compare it to something i thought of la la land and you take up something sure. you think of something like la la land which is in complete like juxtaposition of what this is doing basically and also like i think my rec is going to talk a little bit of, is a bit of a juxtaposition too um to it it's not follow guys <laughs> but um <laughs> promise you can't co- you just like can't compare the two but um right. that's to say that like there's all these like love letters to Hollywood basically and this is just like this like fucked up freak show going on yeah. um <laughs> is what I got from it but yeah so Seth um like what even is this movie about Fair enough.
0: <laughs> great great question Megan so um so the general gist of this movie is that we be- um we, we actually dump again on Mahlen Drive for you begin with the Jitterbug contest. <laughs> That's and, right. Um, um I sh- I should I don't have it with me, but um the original DVD uh, original DVD of this movie, which I still have a copy of, comes with a list of I think 12 things that David Lynch wrote to check and mm. to understand it. And it's things like note the coffee table, note the lamp. Um and, yeah. and uh so there there actually is like there's a theory that we're gonna get into in a moment and then there's a lot more like late work that can be done that I frankly haven't fully put into but every time I watched I do think like oh okay I get that now because <laughs> it is it is true surrealism I mean, it is you know what yeah brain associate it's dream logic so yes. we begin actually with a jitterbug contest but shortly we get back to the title Maholin Drive and there is a limo driving Maholin Drive it stops abruptly there's a beautiful woman in the back who says what are you doing we don't stop here and then a gun is pulled on her simultaneously there is some kids joyriding and we've seen you know quick shots of these kids a couple times and cut back to the limo etc and then the as the woman is about to be shot by presumably people who work for her um the there's a collision with that joyriding car crashes into them and this woman is the only survivor who now has amnesia and doesn't know her, her name and really mm. what was going on. She wanders into a house and simultaneously, our main lead here, and I should say, sorry, the woman is played by Laura Herring. And then we cut to the next day, Naomi Watts is just a complete G-Wiz kid. As uh, she put <laughs> it, reading the screenplay, this this character belongs on a cigarette box in 1944. The might most <laughs> optimistic... I can't believe I made it to Hollywood. I'm going to be a star a person. Arrives yeah. in the airport. They're going to be taking over their aunt's um, apartment who's mm-hmm. out of town. And she basically ends up in the same space that this woman uh, snuck into with amnesia. And if I get into too many of the details, it becomes clear that this woman doesn't know who she is. And in a very classic film canon, they just get excited about, oh, we're in the middle of a mystery. Let's solve it. And it turns into a noir mm-hmm. thing of Betty trying to help her figure out who she is um I'm, I don't want to get too bogged down in the details of <laughs> I mean that, that's kind of the gist of it but there's a lot of mm-hmm. surreal things that happen we, we also have um J- Justin Theroux is great in this and he's a director who's being told seems like by the mob that he has to cast a particular <laughs> woman he doesn't want to do it and the, the the main twist thing that happens here is like maybe like three quarters of the way through the movie, everything changes. Everything really yeah. changes. We have a very famous scene at Club Silencio. Things become much more surreal. We're going to talk about this scene later, I think. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, these women don't seem to be the same people. They're going by different names. They have different personalities. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, directed much more aggressively, much more um, avant-garde. <laughs> it's oh, um, yeah. getting increasingly strange. And um, there's a lot of anger between these two women. They're ex-lovers now. Justin Theroux, who was the director, who Naomi Watts nearly got cast by, is now married to Laura Herring's character, who's we're calling Rita now, I think, or was it Camilla? You know, everyone's name has changed. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, you know, sp- uh, spoiler warning. This, and I should say, sorry, trigger warning. This movie ends in Naomi Watts's new character uh, taking her own life. Yeah. And so the main theory Megan you you might have caught on with is that the last 30-ish minutes of the movie the last third is what actually happened and the first portion of the movie exactly I figured you get that and the first portion is her kind of fever dream hallucination of this dream world where she's still with her her beautiful girlfriend and she actually is a successful actress and um through her own kindness um, misses the great audition because she's being a good friend but this Mm -hmm. fever dream still kind of cracks down and uh, basically she puts out a hit on her ex and she's overwhelmed with guilt so she Naomi Watts' character puts a hit on her on Laura Herring's and it goes through and then she kind of is overwhelmed with guilt and kills herself. So yep. yeah. for anyone who didn't know that's what the movie's about, that's what happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> Literally. Um, and I, I should say this is, I think, as we're just talking it through, I think you're you're seeing how it's that movie. Made. I think anyone who's seen it before and heard this theory is pretty quick to adapt to it. It is basically canon what the movie's about although it is a deeply surreal movie that has a lot of scenes that seem completely disconnected that are
1: right
0: um i i will say i think maybe the strangest you know going back to our last episode talking about audience and when we're talking to about nope uh, maybe the strangest experiences i've ever had in a movie theater is seeing a david lynch movie in a movie theater and sure. i saw and i saw maholen drive at like a at a film archive now like a revival wow. and there were many times where people were laughing, where others were screaming in terror, <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I, I was not always with the majority of the people. <laughs> and David Lynch is not unaware that he's funny; he is funny. And there's a lot of things that are very intentionally like, Naomi Watts being so, you know, optimistic right. in a '50s Leave It to Beaver type of thing is funny, yes. and especially with what happens later. And a lot of the violence is funny. And that's not it an was. accident. And I think that's I think that's where some people might get mis, get confused watching something, especially something like Twin Peaks, um, mm-hmm. which is very very intentionally over the top. It's largely a parody of soap operas, and I think that's something we've we've lost actually in talking about it. So yeah, um, but it's very extreme emotions back to back. They're opposing.
1: I agree with you. I was actually really struck by how many times I was laughing, audibly mm-hmm. laughing aloud, and like yeah. good little very direct jokes not even and especially to like I think the first two acts basically are very parody like like I yes, was wondering um uh, I, I mean I think it is an obvious parody of Hollywoodisms and just mm-hmm. like that kind of lore in general and Kay, uh, Naomi Watts's character I assume it's supposed to embody that and she certainly does. Uh she right. was really strikingly fantastic really in the ruthless. movie because yeah. <laughs> the change is so um so stark. It was it was yeah. pretty um, We cool should know the- one of the major
0: changes that happens before the real reveal happens is she goes to her audition, and we don't have any reason to think she's gonna be good in this audition. <laughs> and she's auditioning for a really dumb movie about like daughter is sleeping with um her her father's best friend or something like that yes and you know we we see her auditioning kind of laughing at it but then once the actual audition happens with the man Naomi Watts is completely different person and she's actually doing this she's very seductive she's very in Mm -hmm. control and um there's a great book on David Lynch by Dennis Lim called Man from Another Place he notes that this scene was was the first time audiences are aware that Amy Watts can act <laughs> you know, really because oh. this was kind of like in, in the movie like if because she was an Australian actress she hasn't really done much oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and what a shock this was for like who is this person like oh my god she's really good because <laughs> you know, yes. she's just been a very one-dimensional character up to that point and it's very dark right. and she goes back to being oh how'd I do <laughs> you know being very is. excited mm-hmm. yeah
1: a lot of like duality lives in it through at least the beginning dream sections and until yes. it very much becomes like the latter turn which is really cool yeah. um and again like yeah. naomi i was really impressed with um naomi watches greatness character. yeah th- there's awesome.
0: full-on slapstick scenes there's one the one the fun is like <laughs> crime gone wrong a guy just tries to shoot somebody and take um a phone book with you know important numbers and ends yep. up killing two other people and burning down a building <laughs> and it's it's hilarious right. and, I, and i love it <laughs> it's a very mm-hmm. unexpected thing to happen Right. But that's some real right. Coen Brothers shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really was. I think that like um, there's a lot of tones that get danced around in here mm-hmm. really nicely. Like it, it all kind of blends. I think that has to do with the dreamlike aspect of it all, I yeah. assume. And I, I had never, I mean, in a long time, I feel like dream sequences are really hard to do. I was trying to, and it's been, it's just been done. It's kind of hard to make sure. it sort of refreshing i i've always i think it's really funny that people don't like to talk about dreams because i mm. love talking about dreams like i think <laughs> it's so interesting yeah uh, and i think they don't uh, people don't like it because of how abstract it is or or i've heard right. the argument that like well who cares it does it didn't happen but i think right. that um which is just funny like uh anecdote. I mean, I Side think, note.
0: i think everyone's been shaken by a dream
1: yeah exactly right? so it, it,
0: it, ha- it did something to you that happened so mm-hmm. i'm certainly with you megan
1: yeah, so it's, like, I think that this film really does a good job of making you care because it's not right. it's not so wishy-washy that you're, like, you think it's all a dream or, like, there's so many different places where they're um, at least connecting together that really drags you along nicely for the ride and it's not just all up in the air. Um, I thought yeah. that was a, something that struck me that he did really well.
0: I, I agree. It was, I, I find it always engaging. Um, did Did the more intentionally frightening or dramatic scenes also work for you megan
1: they did i yeah that was a good good thing to note too is that it's a lot of also classic like horror um elements of tons of pov shots which is a dreamlike sequence as well too but um now that's all horror does or like that's like (laughs) what a big horror trope that um gets used with that so like um And then jump sequences peppered in there, not a ton, but um, it helps too. One of the straightest jump
0: sequences, the tweet, the the Winkies (laughs) sequence, the (laughs) diner. That's right. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Just unexpected, I guess. Um, Yeah. Kind of like a dream. So I think all in all, just very uh, effective at dream dream dreamlike scape, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I presume that you liked it.
1: I did, yeah. It it really like... (laughs) It, it certainly throws you back like it reminds yeah, you it yeah. also was extremely filmic like I thought mm-hmm. it was very specifically cinematic uh which is nice and it did it threw me back to like why film uh classes had required me to watch Twin Peaks or just like right. how to how to match cut everything and um do stuff mm-hmm. like that so that was really fun That's really really cool. fun mm-hmm.
0: did you watch the pilot of Twin Peaks in class
1: we watched about the pilot maybe like up to two episodes or so okay um and that was about it that's a pretty good
0: taste of lynch yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. um
0: and i think that's the thing i like like there's dream sequences in here but there's also often overtly supernatural things in lynch Mm -hmm. movies that are not easily explained away that are very dreamlike you know that are very nightmare like rather Mm -hmm. that have a logic to them that is not initially clear like there are rules to these things you know sure and Mm -hmm. um, and and certainly in Twin Peaks which has actual demons in it you know like that's a (laughs) major uh, plot points spoiling a show from 1990 but um that's like you know there's stuff like that in here but it's not I think because it does rely on the dream logic it is much more frightening to me than oh here's the reason for the curse and now we've listed the curse (laughs) you know Um, Mm -hmm. or anything like that which I still love too.
1: Right, right. It's, it's like explicitly not a horror movie or um, supernatural horror in that way, which is cool. Like it's, it's just a, it was like, it's kind of set up as a whodunit. It's not that either. It's like, um, it exists in between a lot of genres, I think.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's certainly singular and I, and I enjoy that because for me, it each moment works as its moment, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. it didn't, Nothing felt like he was trying to do something that did not work, and again, yeah. this is you know someone who's very. Into, I I fully understand someone who just wants to watch a straightforward movie being really pissed off sure. about this, and <laughs> I, I know somebody who likes Lynch movies and hates Mulholland Drive, and that's the very mm. very strange take to me. <laughs> um,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. I know literally one person, but because <laughs> um, <the>, this <laughs> pretty is pretty you know, unpopular among their best. Exactly, this is widely considered <laughs> among the best, and like well. Uh, film critic Roger Ebert uh, famously had kind of not exactly few, but didn't like a lot of Lynch movies, and yeah. loved Mulholland Drive. Um, hmm. Ebert and I'm blanking, but Ebert and his former partner <laughs> um, gave Lost Highway two thumbs down, and David Lynch put on the that <laughs> poster. That's two reasons to see it, and it didn't just say this; wow. literally put it on the poster. <laughs> so it was a bit of a bitter, yeah. you know, public we don't get along <laughs> thing. <laughs> Interesting. And, and Roger but love Mullen Drive. So this is like the best movie he's made since I think Eraser Head or maybe um Elephant Man. So wow.
1: Yeah, very yeah, I... acclaimed. Nice, nice. I mean, I, I can see how it's up your alley, Seth. I was wondering too, like, how do you feel about um visually the movie? I think that was <laughs> I, I loved that aspect of it too. Oh like, yeah, it's it's very I,
0: I was gonna ask you about that because I, I think mm-hmm. um we don't need to say what movie it is, but there's a movie that I thought you would like that was too maximalist for you <laughs> and mm. um Ooh. and i and, and can you remind
1: me of it i don't everything mind. everywhere all at once oh i okay it it's it was like almost too maximalist i agree Fair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm.
0: i i get because if any movie is going to be too much it's that movie but sure. you know this movie is not necessarily throwing it's not as intentionally fun and fast-paced as that but mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there's a lot of visual stimuli and there's a lot of definitely... fascinating camera angles and editing techniques and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the sound design i think is really really important in this because oh
1: very much <laughs> he's
0: heavily involved in that and like we well, going back to like the we'll, we'll describe the sequence a little, a little bit because it's one of those sequences that haunts me and and, <laughs> and definitely i've been i've watched it with people who laugh at it and i understand but it still really scares me which is these characters almost never come back but two guys meet at a diner and one guy's telling i like i need you to meet me here because i had a dream about sitting in this booth at this mm-hmm. diner and it was happening and what it is is not really clear Is like and then he basically just describes this very strange scenario and his friend says all right well let's go check it out and then immediately as he gets up realizes he sent a place exactly what his friend was just describing oh, okay. where he goes to pay and then his friend is looking over him just like he was in his dream it just becomes a very strange haunting like nothing threatening is actually happening but this was mm-hmm. exactly what he was talking about and this culminates in a jump scare, which I think is extra effective because it isn't a thing jumping out of it. It's a thing very kind of swiftly, but gracefully sliding out (laughs) in front of the camera. Best way to describe it. Right. And the man, and this is a, um, I've heard it called different things, the the caveman, the Neanderthal, Mm -hmm. the garbage man, a few different things, but this is a a person with a particular filthy look Mm -hmm. who does not seem to be natural. You know, What are they doing here? And it, it is frightening, but the man who's describing this dream almost as a heart attack but the sound design in that scene is what i think makes it so bizarre and really sticks with me because you yes you do kind of get this sense of a supernatural strange thing happening about him having a physical reaction to it and true. even though the visual even though it's shot great the cinematography is fantastic the sound design is really i think key to that scene and that's yeah. the case for a lot of lynch movies and a lot of lynch scenes and you know that's why he's he's credited as the sound designer on his movies.
1: Well, he wants that credit. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <he> yeah. does. <laughs> I mean even uh, the editing... People
0: still talk about he has not revealed how he's made some of the sounds for A Raise Your Head. The baby talking. There's theories that he's not confirmed.
1: <laughs> he, he likes that error of mystery. I'm he sure does, I'm yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, I agree. Like, even the sound, or the editing techniques, I was going to say, yeah. almost made it... I was on the edge of my seat thinking this may be a uh sci-fi thing going mm, on or something that's fair. Yeah.
0: yeah because yeah. it
1: was so i mean you're you're dragged along this bizarre journey but there were very specific like cuts that were unnatural and mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of dated it a little bit unfortunately but not bad like i thought it was an sure. interesting element nonetheless like i don't really care that it um it looked a little, yeah. you know. Maybe yeah, there's some digital camera things yeah. that look like
0: this is a digital camera in 2000. You know, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But but still doing something that no one else would do with a camera.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's what it was, and and very right. like stylized in that regard. So that's not a, a fault of it at all. But it right. um and it added to it. Like I was like, ooh, maybe this is a um that that almost added a supernatural element to it as well. Yeah. But thankfully I d- it wasn't overdone in fact it was extremely minimal so I that worked uh, personally for me yeah but going back to also the just look of it all I was really struck by and I'm wondering if Lynch I just feel like it was such a nice homage well not necessarily nice I would say but like an homage nonetheless to Hollywood in general and right. I think he captured uh just things very well I don't know if like I was trying to use the word like texture in film. Sure. I don't know if that's quite the right word. I'm trying to go for our theme Let's here, but it's pronoun. like, yeah, but like there's yes. just a really a lot of visual texture that I see going on right. in um, this movie that looks so amazing. It, it really is... Like um, I always like to say, like purely filmic, like it's sure. a great way to capture everyday life, and it's not these big grandiose sets or um, or mixed in with CGI or anything like that. It's just like it it is what it is, but it's very set up in a specific way like um like a play almost and sure that was something that really struck me about this movie and I I think of uh, Twin Peaks as well
0: yeah the uh, the mise-en-scene basically the
1: that's it yeah that's yeah
0: it. absolutely and he he is someone who certainly loves old movies particularly um one of his favorite movies is Sunset Boulevard so kind of a similar theme mm-hmm. of, of a famous road in Hollywood be the title for a movie that not exclusively, but largely skewers Hollywood because, like, it's such a surreal yeah. thing that you don't really leave that thinking, like, "Wow, he really burned Hollywood." But that's also largely plot-wise what is happening. There's a lot mm-hmm. about it, and it's, and I love that aspect too because you, you do have this man's. It seems like the mob is coming after this guy, um, <laughs> yeah. Justin Fro's character. I I, I always love Justin and I'm very happy he's got this part. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's so much more surreal because it's it, you know he they cut off all his money. They do things that you think, how does the mob actually do that? You know, and right. then he has to go meet the cowboy at the top <laughs> of the ranch at midnight to solve mm-hmm. this. And he's speaking kind of in riddles and it's, it's much stranger than just um, because of money reasons you have to do this. <laughs> it's exactly. not just the, cra- it, it's much creepier. It's much stranger. And yes, uh, you have the mob, which, by the way, one of those mafioso guys is played by Angela Bellamonte, the, the guy who spits out the espresso. And that's the composer, which is you uh, since Blue Velvet, who, who did oh, wow. the soundtrack for this and for nice. Twin Peaks. And so um that's and like the guy who is the cowboy is a producer he's worked with before so that's kind of what I mean too about like Lynch has his his camp which is Mm -hmm. you know now thankfully Naomi Watts and folks like that but it's also sometimes just a background person who's a behind the scenes guy who will have a cameo like that um but like that's a very strange creepy thing (laughs) that is much more disturbing that is like this this Kafka Kafka version of working in Hollywood yeah Um,
1: Ooh, that's a great uh, word.
0: Right. <laughs> but then that, that's still though, Adam is, is hardly the main character of this movie. And so um, I kind of like that. And In the Lillian Empire is partially, I should say largely about Hollywood as well, but it's more like that's where it takes place and it gets into something much stranger. So I like that these are his mm-hmm. Hollywood movies are, we're gonna, this is, this is definitely someone who's been screwed by Hollywood before, you know, famously yeah. with um, Dune. And Mulholland Drive was actually meant to be a TV show for ABC, um, oh, wow. And then it got uh, the rug pulled out from under it because they were terrified as what they had seen and, <laughs> and he hadn't been able to edit much yet so actually the first like most of the first like hour and a half or so of the movie oh. was a pilot,
1: mm-hmm. and then he
0: was an extended pilot and then the rest was shot later. that's really
1: funny that's kind of like it it reminds me of twilight zone in that sense or Mm -hmm. something too like like where disney could grab their hands on or abc at the time you know and try to um make it a little more palatable i guess for audiences and i'm 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 certainly glad that it's in this format (laughs) rather than because i I think i could totally see like a series right now being like that and being a little more cookie cutter or straightforward or something like exactly.
0: that. exactly um, because like with and, and he really liked the idea of this not having an ending like he wanted to begin with a woman mm-hmm. you know in this car and not knowing who she was I and mean, he had no intention of answering that question anytime soon he's like maybe season five season six the finale we'll find out hmm. who Rita really is <laughs> you know he yeah. um same with Twin Peaks is he never wanted to kill who revealed who killed Laura Palmer and he was forced yeah. to which so that's another there's certainly like a an interpretation of this movie is that he is much more bitter when he makes the second half of it because it certainly is not what it was originally going to be, oh. um, but yeah. it's also great. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: that's interesting. And he
0: would uh, he avoids such questions. <laughs> um, mm-hmm
1: i like the air of mystery around it too i i think yeah. with, with a movie like this you really have to be so like that's a i think that's a good like old hollywood lesson to kind of just keep your cards uh to your heart a little bit about yeah uh, if you have a enigmatic thing like this like let it be i don't think i think we like to have things tied in a bow um as of late and this is a I think nice that's very true a really nice way to not do that
0: <laughs> yeah no, and then you know on that note like um we're gonna have to do a Christopher Nolan episode eventually because sure. he's coming up on the mm-hmm. podcast, and I do like Christopher Nolan, but he is surprisingly open of what his movies are about, mm-hmm. um, to a point that you wouldn't expect. Like he's he's uh, thoroughly gone into detail of how Inception is about movies, ah, okay. and that's you know that's not nearly as complicated as what Mahone Drive is really about. But he's
1: yeah,
0: you know potentially one could argue, especially in contracts with Lynch, who's he's a big fan of is uh open to a fault in terms of now the art is about something and yeah. um yeah. lynch is very uh skeptical of that of giving it the nice. name and uh you know once once you have this is what it's about that's all that it's about <laughs> and i respect yeah.
1: that yeah yeah for sure
0: so beyond you know the theories as to what this movie's about plot wise there's still plenty to digest as to what it's about thematically mm-hmm. um in the does you know with the uh the doubles that we have everybody kind of being a doppelgang of their soap? And with the club silencio sequence, which is really where the plot changes, it's the gear shift mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a scene where out of nowhere, um, Rita just wakes up saying Silencio just mm-hmm. seems to be chanting and shaking almost like she's having a seizure. And this is we have to go somewhere now. And they go to this nightclub, which is Nemo's Lynch set, <laughs> and a man is basically just telling everybody this is a tape keeps saying no i banda like there yes. is no band yet we hear a band he's sp- everyone is speaking perfectly in time when they're supposed to but it's all a recording and even though this keeps happening it keeps getting increasingly emotional with a, a woman coming out and singing the beautiful version of a Ray Orbison song and then collapsing mm-hmm. and the music keeps going it keeps getting stranger and stranger and it's a very emotional sequence that actually works very well for me but right. this it kind of ties into every common theory too. Like Lynch is telling us, we want to be lied to. We like movies, we like mysteries. <laughs> we like <Ooh>. the lies <laughs> and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving us the lies in a different context than we're used to. And um, this is also I think very much in line with Vertigo and with Rear Window from okay. Hitchcock as well. Feral. Like yes. we want the mystery, we want it. <laughs> and nice. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. a theory, there's obviously the, the fear of identity in general, looting in identity, particularly in Hollywood the mm-hmm. corruption of the city there, there's all there's plenty of theories that are worth tapping into that go well beyond what actually happened plot wise and
1: exactly. even with the plot mm-hmm. being
0: exposed there's a lot of details like well what's with the cowboy what's with the blue fox <laughs> exactly what does mm-hmm. this particular thing mean so mm-hmm. i think it's why i keep coming back to this movie it's a very rich mind that um continues to yield <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I mean, I also even thought of like drug, um, drug theories yeah. in Hollywood too. Yeah. I mean, too. look
0: at how she looks at the end, you know, she's a very <laughs> depressed, whether well, they, they find a corpse who ends up being, I mean, what's this character, but this person that's looks right. like they've been, you know, maybe died of an overdose and mm-hmm. it almost looks like they've been chewed on by rats or something. It's, it's that's really right. horrific. Yeah. So I think that's certainly <laughs> a valid uh, point. It is. And very as strange striking. and deranged as a person as David Lynch is, he's never had an addiction. <laughs>
1: Wow yeah well I, I know I think it's like <laughs>
0: it
1: shows it shows Hollywood in all its like um very grandiose dualities which is yeah always really really fun for me
0: all right fantastic mm-hmm. well I think folks we are gonna stop there there's obviously a lot more to say about this movie so write in and say it tell us your theories tell us what you like yes. or don't like about this movie we'd love to hear your voice mm-hmm. um but I think we're gonna move on now to recommendations yes uh, Megan want to start us off
1: sure Seth so I had a very um epiphany if oh, you will okay. while watching the movie um very deep connection to me that I was like surprised by that I want to like hear your thoughts on I I'm like struggling I may have like mentioned this as a rec already I will That's see okay. but I think it's very very connected and for me that wreck's gonna be um the Truman show or Truman show
0: oh, very cool and yeah yeah, yeah.
1: The the parody aspect of, especially like acts one and two of Mulholland Drive really reminded me a lot mm. of Truman's Show. I think also just the very weird script that Naomi is given and us. Uh, right. W- were a lot of like parallels going on there. And she's so like um, doe-eyed, like you said. And like we talked about, like happy-go-lucky. And it's so like thick, I guess, that that parody aspect of it. I, I really liked it it and I'm like very intrigued by it when movies kind of do that um which I think both of these do and they both of these also like break very much break that mold in their own ways um they're both for anybody who's seen Truman Show it's obviously like very tonally different I think I think it leans more into I guess just more of a meta commentary Mm -hmm. whereas uh and Drive feels very like in person, I guess, or like it's happening, but Truman shows a little bit more like um, overhead things. I don't know; it's, kind of, it's like kind of hard yeah, to that, explain. That makes
0: sense. I, I think I know what you mean. Me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I, I wouldn't have so, made
0: that connection, but you're absolutely right. I mean, especially with the the dialogue that you're talking about, because there is a very potentially mm-hmm. a, a very forced acting thing with all of yes. the, the townsfolk, and I gotta rewatch the Truman Show. I, mean, I remember liking oh, it, yeah. but I don't think I realized till much later. they're like, oh, that's a, that's not just a good movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> like that's an yeah. incredible. I think <laughs> incredible I find movie. it like
1: I find it I found it when I watched it disturbing because of that parody yeah. aspect. And it was the first parody that felt like kind of like edging on that disturbing side. This is obviously a long drive I would say argue is way more disturbing than a yeah. German show. <laughs> but at least I they, they kind of like play off of each other in that regard. Right.
0: But I think it does also like well where you write the tone to really different like there is still like a heartbreaking thing at the heart of at the mm-hmm. core rather of truman show and then it's funny you know yes. and, it, and it i i think even someone who is expecting to go see jim carrey be wacky won't be too oh, disappointed okay. seeing that movie mm-hmm. um i don't know, for my money i think that's probably his best quote-unquote serious role i'll take that over internal sunshine but oh
1: i think me too me too yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's i don't know that that's one of the movies that everyone told me i would love it's like yeah, it's, it's good. I don't know. It just didn't <laughs> stick with me. It's not bad.
1: Right. It just, mm-hmm.
0: uh, I come back to Truman Show a lot more.
1: <laughs> I think I watched it when I was like 14. So yeah. like, maybe that's not the, the time There's for me too. to watch yeah. Eternal Subject. Yeah.
0: I haven't clicked with Charlie Kaufman. And you know, that actually mm. brings up a good point is like a lot of people do click with Charlie Kaufman. That's their guy. Lynch is yeah. certainly one of my guys. He's one of the people nice. I very much jive with. And if, if it doesn't work for you folks that's okay you're not you're not a bad film fan you're not wrong <laughs> it's right? a very weird hey, flavor
1: we didn't it's like a- drive
0: <laughs> exactly so <laughs> I'm make a t-shirt that says that if we ever do merch <laughs> that's the film octopus Ooh. we did not like drive oh my. um but yeah that it's it's a very very weird vibe that there's there's a lot of um i have uh, connected with friends of to get spouses or significant others into lunch <laughs> and that varying levels of success i'm, I'm very grateful that Anne also grew up in a lynch household so nice. is very into it but bottom line is you're not wrong if you don't like it it's yeah. okay exactly. um mm-hmm. that being said though i am going to recommend another lynch movie um i already Wonderful. talked about it blue velvet is nice. like i said really neck and neck for me and i i do think while these movies are very different i, I think you want to watch both movies blue velvet i think hits harder for me because and, and this is a pretty common experience a lot of people have had. Like, I just, I obviously didn't see it when it came out, *Community* came in 86, but I happened to see it when I was maybe 20 or something. And at the time you were um, probably not living at home or starting to live at home and you start to realize the world is a lot stranger than your parents mm-hmm. told you it was. It's, it's not necessarily... The things they told you about like there's there's drugs and there's other scary things but the biggest deal is just, it's just much more bizarre because this follows oh. Kyle mclaughlin is returning home from college because his father's had a stroke and when he's walking home from the hospital he takes a shortcut through a field and he finds a severed ear <clears throat> and he just gets caught up in trying to figure out what this is you know and then uh, much like in Mulholland Drive trying to solve this mystery on his own but just mm-hmm. get, becomes aware of this very bizarre sea underbelly of his very small town in North Carolina that he never knew was there and mm-hmm. that hits home I think for a lot of people if the world is if nothing else much much stranger than we were prepared nice. for <laughs> so
1: oh, I like um, that's that what
0: I love about it. it yeah
1: Nice. does any it's, do they um is one edging it out right now and Drive versus Blue Velvet I just
0: wash and Drive against him maybe <laughs> I, I will also say Blue Velvet is definitely more of a trigger warning movie it's a it's a mm-hmm. much more violent and sexually violent movie and I fully understand that that's too much for some people so mm, I see um
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah be, be aware <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's also great um and Ew. terrifying <laughs> wow you intrigue me yes i mean if you if you watch it we'll do an episode on that too if we're going to do it it's going to be our first two-parter for a director i'd be very happy to do that great megan it's always great to see you very happy to talk film with you um folks if you haven't go back and listen to some of our recent episodes we've had some great guests on we had Mm -hmm. my lovely wife ann on to talk about nope jordan peele movie riley was back recently um, listen to the drive episode. Hear us be wrong, and <laughs> right. we have I think not one but two guests coming up on our next movie. I'm gonna spoil mm-hmm. this. It's gonna be a Shakespeare adaptation. So get
1: yes. ready for that, mm-hmm. including former. To not tease in too much, but um, yes. more English majors are coming to the <laughs> to the podcast, which we're excited <laughs> yes. about.
0: Always yes. have to talk with liberal arts majors. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Well, Seth, thank you for another great movie.
0: Oh, thank you. Very happy to discuss it with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, folks, take care.